these kids love hearing about what God, what God can do in their lives. Like it is, it is attractive to, to students. And I, I think it is because of the scourge and uh, of, of sin that, that is in the schools, like this violence and the drug abuse and all of this, like kids, kids need to hear about their only hope. Hi, welcome to the Decision Point podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hobson, president of Decision Point, where our mission is to proclaim the gospel to this next generation until every student has heard. And I got to tell you, one of the best things about Decision Point are the young, courageous men and women of God all across the country and soon around the world who are standing up, living all out for Christ and witnessing for Christ in their public schools, uh, even enduring great hardship for the Lord with the conviction that he's worth it. Uh, and I'm so excited today. Uh, with me is Jude Fillenberg from Tucson, Arizona. Jude, welcome to the program. How's it going? Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. For those who don't know you, Jude, uh, you are a senior in high school. You're, are we allowed to know how old you are? Yeah, I'm 18. You're 18? That's great. When did you turn 18, by the way? Uh, just September. So, so September. Well, happy, happy early birthday for your 19th. That's too Thank late you. to say happy belated birthday. We'll get ahead <laughs> for 19. Uh, Jude, you're a senior at Mountain View High School in Tucson, which means you're graduating high school and what is it, six months out? Yeah, just about. Are you, are you excited for that yet? I'm very excited, yeah. Uh, that's neat. So, okay, what in the world is going on at uh, Mountain View High School these days? Yeah, Mountain View's great. Uh, the students are awesome. We got a new principal a few years back and she's just making changes for the better, uh, in my opinion. Um, yeah, no, it's just been really good. Uh, our club on school as well is is uh, launching off. We've had more more students than ever come in and learn about Jesus. So yeah, I'd say it's pretty awesome. That's amazing. Well, we're excited to dive into your story and your journey to even get to where you are today. Uh, so, okay, take us back in time a little bit. You started this club at Mountain View High School, uh, Tucson, Arizona, your sophomore year. Uh, tell us what what motivated you uh, to start this club in the first place, and what I mean, what was it like getting that going for you guys in the first place? Yeah, for sure. Well, I would say my biggest motivation um, was the people in my life. Uh, not only my parents, who have always just been been really great, uh, but uh, Bree and Eric Loveland, who are the uh, the official staff here in, in Arizona, they um, were wonderful. And like everything that we were doing, um, all of the early calls that they gave me when they first were reaching out to me um, were really nice and, and they were willing to cooperate with like everything that I had going on, which was a lot my sophomore year um, uh, with school. And so, uh, yeah, no, just the wonderful people around me, uh, rearing at me to, to do this. I mean, I had been praying for an opportunity to better serve the Lord for years now since middle school. And, and then I get to my sophomore year, all of a sudden it's like, God puts these two angels that are the Lovelands down on earth to just like give this, this mission to me. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. Hey, I like Eric and Bree, but let's not get totally carried away here. Yeah, okay? right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah and it was, so, uh, okay. Well, tell me more about that. You're praying all the way back your middle school year for a yeah, bigger so, opportunity to serve the Lord. What were you, what made you decide to pray that? And w what were you envisioning a yes from God might look like with that? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, yeah. So in middle school, I just saw from a shift to my elementary school, which was very, very lighthearted to my middle school, which was 
it was a low graded school. There were a lot of kids doing drugs and there was a lot of violence and all that. And it was like a switch in my mind of just like what my priorities were when, when just talking with God, I was like, these students need Jesus. It's, it's not even just like a, Oh, my life is pretty good with God and I'm doing all right. It was a, these children need him to survive just like I did. And, uh, and so I had been praying just like, whether it was for good opportunities to talk with them in class um, or same with teachers, not just students, um, but just really to be able to connect with them more when it comes to the basis of, of my belief in Jesus. And uh, yeah, no, right between the summer of my freshman and sophomore year, I was at a party uh, for, for a church that my, my friend uh, invited me to. And, uh, and all of a sudden there's Brie Loveland and, and, uh, and she starts talking about decision point and uh, and how I can form a club at my high school and how there's already students at my high school who are who are down to do this and they just need one more. And I was that one more. And, and it was just like crazy, like all my dreams were coming true. I was thinking about what this would look like, the sort of things that we do, different events and and how we'd be reaching out to kids with like uh, our announcements on uh, during our, our study period or or uh, flyers or whatever. I was just, my mind was, was all over the place. I couldn't wait. So, so, okay. So tell, I mean, take us deeper into what you were seeing there. You're seeing a need. And I love how you said you were seeing, I mean, it's compelling to hear you're saying, okay, you enter middle school and all of a sudden you can tell the tone has changed on campus and you're seeing need in your peers' lives and even in your students' lives. I know middle school is several years ago for you now, but uh, do you recall what, I mean, what were you seeing? How were you seeing that need so clearly displayed that it just hits you as hard as it did? Yeah, I mean, like, not even just with my close friends, but even within that group, like, drug abuse was something that just came out of nowhere. Like something that I had only seen in movies or, you know, like like if I walked to a bad part of town uh, during my elementary school years automatically just became the biggest problem within everybody's life at school was uh, whatever it was, whether it was marijuana or, you know, which um, which a lot of students uh, are now not not doing while well, I know there there are some that are um, but like now with with the whole um, nicotine within the vapes and like all that sort of stuff like it is a it is a total uh, takeover of, of all that and I had never seen that so I was like whoa these are a lot of kids like younger than me or my age that are addicted to drugs that like not even just like a oh yeah we'll try it or something like that like addicted they're they're selling their stuff to get to this they're they're putting themselves in dangerous situations so that they can get that and then violence like actual violence kids bringing guns to school or knives to school and and keeping them in their lockers and and okay, that pause. are we still sudden, talking middle school yeah middle middle school this was this was the reality and it's it's like all of a sudden your mind is just in a place where you're like, I don't, I don't know how this can be real. Like, like that, that sudden of a shift into just danger, 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 whether it was the, uh, the physical side of that, um, with the drug abuse and the violence or just the emotional side on, on children. Like, like these are children, young children's lives that are being changed, um, by these terrible means, sexual abuse. I had, I had personal friends who, who had to face that in middle school. And it's like, this should not be something that is actively impacting uh, students, young students, but it is. And so from that point on, it's like a, what, what else can I pray for other than these students and the lives of my peers? I mean, they're, they're going down in a spiral and, and they can't even 
claw themselves out. Like, like they need somebody to pull them out of that. And so thanks for sharing that. I admire you. I mean, that here you're 12, 13, 14 years old at the time. And, uh, I mean, you're letting that need just, uh, you're actually seeing it. I mean, you're seeing it, like really seeing it. I know we were uh, at a conference together a couple weeks ago and, and our colleague Greg Steer of Dare to Share gave a message that we got to hear him give together. Uh, Matthew 9, which is a passage we've looked at so many times, 35, 36, 37, 38, where Jesus sees the crowd that they are harassed and helpless and his admonition is, so we need to see students and see the hell they're going to, the hell that they're going through, and actually like borrow Jesus' glasses or contact lenses and see students like he sees them. Yeah. And you were doing that in middle yeah. school and then praying big prayers. So we uh, love that about you, Jude. Way to go. So, okay, you decide you're going to be one of the the one the one more student needed to get the club going. Yeah. Uh, how, how did it go? So you decide, okay, we're going to get the club going at our school. What happened next? Yeah, for sure. Well, so I was starting the club with two really awesome seniors, Nathan and Elliot, um, and just just awesome guys. I had seen them before at school. Um, Nathan, I had actually seen even in elementary school. I, I knew his face, and and yet I had never met him. And so learning that he was a Christian, that he was actively uh, trying to do all this stuff too, it was awesome. Um, however, when, I mean, our club starts and we have no push off or a launch or anything like that. And it's dead. Like I have, I have some friends and same with, uh, Elliot and Nathan at the time who we would invite and they would come. Um, we had some kids, uh, mainly athletes actually, who were very interested in, in joining and seeing what we had to do. And, uh, yeah, they were very adamant on coming, which I, which I really liked, but, uh, but yeah, no, that would that would probably make like five students, including us three, uh, every single week. And so it was like it wasn't like discouraging in any in any way because I know God can can move in that uh, small of a group as well. But at the same time, I knew that not a lot of students were getting to hear the word of God, especially since uh, many teachers just were were very cut off on that. Like, oh no, we're doing work right now. You can't talk about that. Still are today, which is like, you know, what are you going to do? Um, that's why I'm so glad about the club is because it's a time, it's an hour now, because uh, we have it during our study period this year. That was a big change. An hour where we can talk with kids about their thoughts on Christ. We can uh, go through the Bible and study God's word and uh, submerge ourselves in that, which some students don't even go to church on Sunday. And so they're not, they're not hearing that at all. That's their time. Thursday, in the afternoon, that is their time to hear about Jesus. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's great. It, it really is. It is a huge change from what we had at the beginning of, of my sophomore year going through the end, which really was, was more like December in my sophomore year. Cause we didn't really even get, get our papers signed until then. Um, and, and just those small groups where, where kids were coming to hear about Jesus all the way to now where it's, uh, we got a, a large group, 20 kids who are coming and hearing and then going and spreading what they've learned. So There's a lot there for anybody that's thinking about launching something or maybe has recently launched. And they're in that phase where it's, okay, it's two people showing up or it's five people showing up. And, you know, we, we share the principle that Jesus taught in Luke, you know, faithful and little, faithful and much. Don't despise small beginnings stay faithful, pray big, 
prayers, even while you're staying faithful and little, and then just leave the results to God. But but don't be content with just a few people here. And let's let's ask God for a chance to let everybody hear. But then be faithful with you know little, be faithful with much. And I think so often God likes to let young leaders have those experiences. I remember many times in my life when I was in high school, I got led a prayer meeting and he was like, you know, three or four people are showing up and, and I'm, I'm, I'm busting my back just to make this prayer meeting happen for three or four people. But I felt like it was something that God had entrusted to me and I needed to be faithful with it, whether it was big or little. And at that time it was, it was certainly little. So way to go staying faithful in those moments. Um, okay. And then you had some challenges, not just of launching things and having to, be faithful when it's only a handful of people. Uh, is it okay to say this on the air? Uh, you got busted, didn't you? I mean, you got busted. Uh, you, I mean, can you tell us this story? Yeah, for sure. That's definitely the best way to put it. I absolutely got busted. I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> the only time but busted I, for Jesus. Okay, let's get the punchline on the table. Busted exactly. the right kind of table. Uh, <laughs> right kind of busted. But what what did that look like for you? What happened? Yeah, well, like I said, it was terrifying. The only other time I had been to see the principal was in elementary school, uh, and I was weeping my eyes out. And so I was already doing better than then because uh, I was stone face cold. You know, I was like, what's going on here? But uh, yeah, so in my sophomore year, pretty, pretty close to the launch of our club, I, I um, decided to make a sign um, that had uh, that had it was a lyric from Stephen Curtis Chapman's uh, song, Jesus's Life. Because uh, I really like that song. And I was like, hey, that's a great message. Uh, let's get that out there. I think it's capturing. And so kids will see that and want to want to ask about it. And so I put it on big, bold letters on a sign. I wasted a Sharpie uh, on that thing. Uh, one of my dad's Sharpies, but luckily he was OK with it. Uh, and uh, yeah, the next day I went out and I was taking it around. Um, we were actually uh, promoting the club that day and we had donut holes and flyers. And I had that sign out there. And so, yeah, I was dragging kids in. They were grabbing a flyer, grabbing a donut. Uh, and I carried it around that day. Uh, and it was a total hit. People were asking about it. I was like, nice. That's good. Good, good choice, Jude. You did, did a really good one there. Like, nice, nice job. Uh, totally, totally building up my ego with that one. Uh, and, uh, and then the next day I brought it and I was doing the same thing. And I get called up to like the authoritative principal's office, which is not really what his title is. It was, it was more like the activities principal um, who, who dealt with like handling the principal for troubled youth like Jude. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, Oh dang, like this is, this is not good. Uh, it's probably going to be bad. I wonder what I did. And I get up there and, um, and it's during lunch and I get up there and, and he's like, Hey, like um, we see the sign. Great message. Like, I think it's good. But uh, you can't be carrying it around. Um, uh, and the reason he gave was because it was seen as hateful to some. Parents had actually called the school um, being like, hey, my kid saw this sign and was like outraged. You, you can't allow this to happen. And, uh, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, like, that's terrible. But I know I can say this because like kids will have shirts that say, uh, even crazier stuff than than what I have right now. Yeah, remind um, us what hateful speech you had on the sign. What what was it? It it just said Jesus is life, and then it said the air I'm breathing while my heart is beating, everything I'm needing, and it just had that right there. Um, and uh, th yeah, that was that was considered hateful and oppressive. And wow. I um and I was I wasn't astonished. I I was like, okay, I get it. 
can't have this during class. And that's what he said at first. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. It can be a distraction, even though I, I would say that there are, there are big, bigger distra distractions at our school um, uh, in, in, during certain classes. I understand it. I'm not going to cause trouble. And he said, you can leave it in my, in my office during classroom periods. And then during passing periods or lunch periods, you can have it out. And I was like, sweet. Like that's a total deal. I'll take that. Um, like that's when I have the majority of my conversations either way is during lunch. And so, uh, yeah, I'm about to go, I'm about to leave. And, uh, all of a sudden the actual principal calls me up and he's like, Hey, like, come to my office right now. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And there was a lot of people in his office. He must Man, have now you're seeing two principals in one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you really when, got when busted. It, when it comes down to it, it was, it was most administration in, in his office. He must've been having a, a meeting. And then he heard that I was at, at, uh, at the other principal's office. And so, uh, he just called me up right there. And so I was, I'm terrified because I'm surrounded by all these people who are giving me glares and stuff like that. How many, and, uh, how many people are in the room? I don't know. Probably around six, six people. And that's counting all three of the principals at the time. And then some, some other administrations. So I'm like, Oh my gosh. And he's like, you can't have this. And we're not even sitting down. He's sitting down. I'm standing up. Cause I, it was just a quick call in. He was like, you can't have this sign at all. You can't bring it to school. And immediately I start arguing with him. I'm like, why not? Like that's, I, I, I don't believe you're correct in that. I, uh, like I've seen people wearing stuff like that. And he was saying like, like any, any sort of supporting branding or anything like that you, you can't have. And I was like, what about like kids that wear like sports shirts? Like they're supporting a brand of, of sorts and like they're, they're able to do that. And I can't carry around a sign that just says something I wrote on it. And yeah, I'm getting really heated. I was a lot angrier than I am right now with, with you, Mark, but I was, I was, I was at him and, and uh, yeah, at some point he stopped me and he was like, Jude, you're not acting like Christ right now. Like your sign right now is saying Jesus is life and it's everything you're all about. You are not looking like Jesus is. And I was like, oh, I let out a sigh and I was like, Puh. and I left. I left the classroom after he excused me. And uh, yeah, I went home that day and I was just I was out of it. My entire head, my day was ruined. I was like, I, I can't believe this. Like this can't be legal. It can't. You know, I have I have rights as a student. And uh, I'm sitting down and I just am remembering what he's saying. Like, you're not acting like Christ. And I started thinking, I'm like, maybe I'm not, you know, like, like I'm, I'm, I got way too outraged at, at what he was saying. Um, it's a sign made out of um, some construction paper. Like it's not, it's not the end of the world that I can't carry the sign around. And I got really hateful towards him. And so from that moment on, I, I was just like, okay, I'm going to go back. I'm going to apologize. I did the next day. I went back into his office and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like uh, I was being outrageous. I'd love to talk more with you sometimes about, about what rights I, I can have and what I can do. And it was then that I had told him if there's another way I can figure out how to do this, like if I can put it on a shirt or on some shoes, would that be okay? And he said, yeah, that'd be all right. As long as you're not carrying around a sign. And so I was like, okay. And I went home and I went on Vans's website, which I had, I had figured out that Vans does a custom message option uh, for your shoes. And I, I put it on there. Uh, I put Jesus's life on there as big as I could without it cutting out of the, out of the uh, shoe. And uh, yeah, I, I got it about three weeks later and uh, I put them on. I took them over and I took them all around the school and everybody was seeing them. And, and, uh, and I got a lot of encouragement just from, uh, church family and, and, and friends, uh, who, who were hearing about this. 
And uh, a lot of the kids at, at the school um, came asking about Christ. Hey, what does that mean? Hey, you're, you're the guy with the Jesus shoes. Like, what are those? Why'd you do that? Um, and all of this came to the effect of having even more people come to, to know about the message of Christ um, than the sign would have ever brought. Um, I had kind of mentioned earlier, like that, that sign was done because I wanted to hold up a big old sign around, around school. Like it, it, if anything, it drew more attention to myself than it drew to the message on the sign. And, and so this was a way that God was just like, Hey, no, we're going to do this my way. We're going to flip this script. It's, it's going to be my message that you're sharing. This is going to be the forefront of, of what you're, you're going around and spreading around. And so, yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fear a lot of anger and God completely redirected all of that um, to be used for, for his good and his glory instead of my own. That's amazing. Well, we're going to throw a picture up on the screen uh, there for for students to see your Jesus shoes, but Oh, there they are. Check that out. Here's Jude's Jesus shoes. And uh, that's amazing. Jude. I love, I love that story. Uh, Okay. So Jude, move us forward a little bit from there. That was your sophomore year. You guys launched the club. You try your sign, you get busted, you do your Jesus shoes instead. You're a senior now. Just catch us up. What, I mean, what, what have you guys been doing as a club? What are some of the activities you've done? Some of the outreach efforts you've done and have you seen the Lord just at work in the last couple of years uh, since you guys launched? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, since then, um, Nathan and Elliot, who are the seniors who, who helped start the club, are out. Um, they're gone. Um, their efforts in helping with the club and all of that encouraged me as a younger uh, high schooler to continue doing it. And so the next year I got signed up um, again as a, as a student leader. I got my notebook and we started in the club and we actually joined with um, another uh, Christian club on the school. Um, at the very beginning of the year. And so we combined our efforts. All of the students that were going to their club started coming to the combined club that we had, which was just called the Jesus Club. Uh, uh, it's easier for, for students to remember. And, uh, and as we're going through it, uh, that's, that's the point of the club is, is that it's all for Jesus. And so we, we started up the Jesus Club and, um, and yeah, no, not only was our, our, uh, like our amount of students raised up, but I would say the quality in what we were teaching went up as well. Um, we were going straight from the Bible. Uh, a lot of the kids were like, hey, can we do a study on First John? Or, hey, can we do a study on this book or this book? And we went into it. and We would just read chapter by chapter, have discussions, ask questions. And it was so edifying and wonderful. Like, it was great. The students were all about it and they were in it. And Yeah. So we did that. Uh, we had our club meetings. That's that's still what it looks like today, even more so as we have more students who are willing to discuss. We break out into groups and we do all that. Uh, and it's it's wonderful. Um, and we also our sophomore year um, at the beginning of the year, we had our first outreach, which was uh, just one day. Um, we didn't do our classic three day, um, which we've luckily been able to do four times since. Oh, wait six times now we just had one the other week <laughs> but uh we had we had a, um, a speaker i'm really trying to remember his name he's a strong man and he's able to bend uh oh you had shoes. andy you yes, had andy yeah, gavin we, absolutely andy gavin I, I i can't believe that i forgot his name but he uh he came and he gave um his testimony and he gave the story of what jesus had done to 50 students um uh, that day and we had pizza and it was wonderful. And, and 
the kids who, who went to the club enjoyed it. The kids who had never seen us um, or, or met us uh, or even heard about Jesus enjoyed it. Everybody loved it. And um, and everybody was able to hear a pretty, pretty solid message on on who Jesus was. And so that was that was really the ending thing of my sophomore year, junior year. We were all in it. We hit it even harder. We had two outreaches, one in the fall and one in the spring. Um, and those were both three day outreaches where we where we promoted um, on Monday and then we went out through it and we did it. And uh, yeah, it was great. We got local pastors, youth pastors. Um, decision point staff to come and share about the good news of Jesus. And like, I'm telling you, these kids love hearing about what God, what God can do in their lives. Like it is, it is attractive to, to students. And I, I think it is because of the scourge and uh, of, of sin that, that is in the schools, like this violence and the drug abuse and all of this, like kids, kids need to hear about their only hope. It's, it, it's drawing. It's, it's not, it's not like it's uh, like it's some hoax or, or anything like that. We we tell them that there's pizza and that there might not be pizza at the at the end of it, and that they might not get some. <laughs> there's gonna be, but there may not be. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes we <laughs> run out. In fact, we had that problem uh, a few weeks ago at our at our last outreach. Uh, that was last week, actually. Um, and uh, and yeah, one of the days we ran out, and I probably got two kids out of the thirty that didn't get pizza. Probably had two kids that were like, man, I didn't even get any, any food after this. And everybody else was just like, hey, it's OK. I'm going to be back tomorrow. Like, this is what I really came here for. And hearing that is like, whoa, it makes your heart explode because these kids who who most of them really only care about getting food during lunch and sitting down and hanging out with their friends. They see this as an opportunity and they're like, oh, my gosh, the Jesus Club is doing their stuff again. We're going to be able to hear about Jesus. And they come and they sit down, they listen so adamantly and so respectfully to the speakers that we have. And it is just mind blowing. So yeah, we, we just had ours. Uh, we did the set free um, outreach week and it was a total success. It was wonderful. Uh, all the speakers did a great job and, and uh, yeah, yeah, we haven't gone over the response cards yet. So I, I can't tell you our exact um, numbers when it comes to uh, recommitments and, and kids who are looking for youth groups, but we had, um, 210 kids the second day and the same number the first or the the uh the last day and so we had just students flocking in we had kids sitting on the steps and and uh luckily on the last day we had enough pizza for everybody so yeah that's right you got to get it together on the food even if they're coming without you know our, our that, first that's day, amazing our that's first... a long way to go from three students oh, yeah. saying yeah. hey our... let's start a club to now Absolutely, we're seeing yeah. a couple yeah, hundred our... students hearing about jesus at lunchtime yeah, yeah, for sure. Our first day last week, we had, I think, 75 students in all because we have two lunches now. We split them up. And so both first lunch and second lunch, we had 75 students. Uh, and so we weren't we weren't planning for that much, especially because uh, a lot new freshmen, a lot of new freshmen, a lot of new sophomores were coming in. And so uh, and so a lot of people didn't even know about the club. But the next day we were just blown away with how many kids came. Uh, and yeah, plentiful was the harvest. It was it was beautiful. It was really good. Jude, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we want to hear another one of your stories, because I know you got busted. I also know you got hardcore shut down one time, but God did a 180 and even that story. So we're going to get to that story right after this quick break. Hey, 
it's Heather. What if you could spend one week this summer with like-minded students that love Jesus and together want to reach this generation with the gospel? I want to invite you to join us for Decision Point's Student Leader Conference 2024. Come be equipped to live, stand, and witness, and even endure for Christ in your everyday life. We'll be there in Denver, Colorado this summer, July 15th to the 19th. Students, youth pastors, and leaders will gather from across the country to worship the Lord, be trained up, prayed up, and then go back to reach their schools and generation with the gospel. Dynamic guest speakers will equip you in your faith. We'll talk apologetics. You'll hear from culturally relevant speakers that don't shy away from a biblical worldview, equipping you in even hard conversations you may face today. Come be trained in your leadership. Hear how to reach your school and peers for Christ and grow in your evangelism as we get to go downtown witnessing in Denver. You'll get to meet like-minded believers that will encourage you and even build lasting friendship. You'll have unforgettable memories and truly it is a week that can change everything. I can't wait to be at SLC 2024 with students like you from across the nation. So what are you waiting for? Go register today, slc2024.org. Tell your youth pastor about it. Come with a group of students from your youth group or Christian club and register today at slc2024.org. That's slc2024.org. Hey, well, welcome back. I've got Jude Fillenberg here, uh, senior in high school at Mountain View High School in Tucson, Arizona. Hey, Jude, we just, uh, thanks so much for being here, by the way. Great yeah, to hear absolutely. your story and how God's been working through you and your fellow leaders uh, for Christ at Mountain View. We just, over the break, heard a quick plug for our student leadership, con our student leader conference this summer. Uh, Jude, you've been to the conference now twice. Yeah. What's the week like from your perspective? It is a total blast. I mean, not only was I able to reconnect uh, with some of the Tucson uh, students who are doing what I'm doing, uh, but I was able to meet kids from all around the nation. Uh, well, I guess I should say world now, but uh, since we had some people from Canada as well um, and hear what they're doing and, and hearing their stories is the biggest encouragement. Like, it's really great. It's great to hear um, from parents and, and all that and, and hear the encouragement from them. But when you see a student who is going out and they are uh, giving their all for Christ, it is like it, it puts you in a whole different world. You're like, I got to do the same thing. And so, yeah, no, I, I love seeing all the kids there. Uh, the worship is always great. Um, really, it's, it's, it's awesome to see um, how students um, appreciate and, and worship our great God, uh, who we love. And, and so I, I love doing that with everybody. Um, and yeah, no, it's just just really good time. And Colorado is beautiful. And so it's always wonderful going up there and, and enjoying the weather and, and seeing God's beautiful creation. So yeah, well, it's it's a great, great state, great campus too. So anybody who's checking it out, thinking about going, what would you say? Yeah, absolutely go. Well, I can't wait to see what God's going to do and the students we're going to get to meet this summer. Okay, so Jude, we did a cliffhanger. Uh, you got busted. We heard that story. Uh, you had a, an amazing thing happen. A student, a friend of yours, do just a complete 180. So spoiler alert there. We just kind of uh, teed it up. This is a great story that does start off with a hard thing. Can you tell us about that hard thing first and how you got shut down? And then what did God do to bring that situation around? Yeah, for sure. Well, I had a friend uh, 
both my both my years in middle school. Uh, she's really great, and uh, we had band together, and and we sat right next to each other, and we we really did everything together. We had lunch, and we had some classes, and uh, and she had been raised in the church, but um, but it wasn't really her thing. Uh, she she didn't really uh, appreciate what they were doing, and a lot of the stuff that the church was spreading around. Uh, and I don't necessarily blame her on all that. Uh, she was raised in the Catholic Church. Um, and so I know that there can be some stuff there um, that she would still disagree with today. And uh, and uh, she very much knew that I was a Christian um, and uh, and I'd spread it out. And so going from eighth grade to my freshman year, um, I remember texting her one day. Uh, I had posted something about Jesus on my uh, Instagram. And, yeah, no, she was just like, hey, like, this isn't cool. I don't really like what you're spreading. Um, we're done. Like, and, and that's a, that's a shorter version of what really happened. We talked for a while, uh, weeks on end, but, uh, eventually she was like, we're done. Uh, we're not, I'm not talking with you again. Um, like this, our, our, our friendship is over, uh, in high school. I don't want you talking with me. And I was like, Hey, like, I understand if, if that's, if that's how it's going to be. Um, I'm always here if you have any questions or, or anything like that, or if you just want to want to be friends again, uh, I'm, I'm, willing and, and open. And she was like, that's not going to happen. So what's that feel like? Huh? It, it was terrible. I mean, I, again, this was one of my greatest friends um, from elementary school to middle school. I kind of lost all my friends. And so it was, it was tough just with different classes and the mix of all of the different elementary schools going into my middle school. Um, I just kind of, kind of lost a lot of them. And now going into my high school uh, years, I was doing the exact same thing. I was losing all my friends because she was kind of uh, there in our friend group that we had. And so it was like, man, this sucks. You know, I, I, I mean, it's a fresh start, but it still sucks. Uh, freshman year, of course, which can be scary for really anybody. And so, um, yeah, cut to, um, to last year, my junior year. And, uh, we had our two outreaches, the one in the autumn and one in the spring. And, um, and during the, the first one that we had, we were handing out Bibles like crazy. Um, we had boxes and boxes and, uh, yeah, kids, kids were getting the word of God um, right from this event that we were having. Um, and somehow, I, I, I still don't know completely how, but somehow she got one of these Bibles that we were handing out. Um, she didn't go to our first outreach, but she uh, got one from her friend and she ended up reading it and, uh, and she gave her life to Christ, um, which was wonderful. And, and I couldn't believe it. Um, the way that I found out that this had happened was at our second outreach that we had later that year, she was talking with one of the decision point staff, uh, about, um, her story and about, um, our friendship and, and kind of how that ended. And, uh, and yeah, no, uh, Bree, who was, who was, who she was talking to ended up coming to me and was like, Hey, like, did you hear about that? Like she totally loves Christ. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like my, my eyes filled up with water because I couldn't believe it. I, I could not believe that, that she would make such a radical change after some of the things that, that she had said and, and uh, just some of the beliefs that she used to hold. And, uh, and luckily it was through the word of God and the word of God alone. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that God was able to, to use me and everybody else that, that he used in, in her walk um, to get her to that point. Um, but it was God's word and his message that he delivers through that, that changed her heart completely. And, uh, luckily the Holy spirit lives in her today. She, uh, comes to club all the time and, uh, I actually have a class with her and we're, we're good pals. And so, yeah, it's, that's really good. Really, really cool. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Jude, you've had a lot of uh, highs. You've had a lot of lows. Uh, we just salute you for your faithfulness through it all. I wonder, as you look back on just multiple years now of being a leader for the Lord at your high school, what I mean, what are some of the hardest things that you just have to deal with as a, as a leader at your school? Yeah, I would say the hardest thing, uh, mainly uh, for me at least, and this might not be the same for everybody else, um, is the developing uh, more kids to, to come and do the same thing. Um, it's, it's really tough to find students who are willing to drop everything, uh, in a, in a sense and, and to live fully for Christ. Um, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist and, and that schools aren't filled with kids that, that are willing to do that. It's just really hard, uh, to get to that, to that point. And so I'm in constant prayer that God will will send some kids who who are willing to take it at least another year uh, or hopefully another four years if if I can if I can find a strong uh, freshman who would be willing to willing to help out and to to serve Christ. Um, but yeah, no, I I think the hardest thing can can just be um, be uh, the the other leaders. You know, um, it's and again, it, it could just be me. Um, I'm, I'm a social person, but when it comes to certain things, uh, I just, you know, get afraid and, and I, I don't want to make those opportunities or take those, but, um, but yeah, no, we're, we're really praying that, that some students will come up, uh, step up, that God will change some hearts and that there will be students thousands of times older than I am, uh, who will go and do great things for Christ. So, yeah. I tell you that, and that's the challenge, isn't it? I mean, going it alone is hard. I know you've had leaders and you have leaders still, but to, I know something that so many of our student leaders share with us is just that that sense of, man, I, I wish we had more leaders that were in it with us today. And I'm really concerned that we have more for tomorrow. And that's why that Matthew 9 prayer is so powerful, Jude, to say, okay, we've got to be praying earnestly or, you know, like we we're looking at together, begging God to for workers for the harvest and so for us you know we're we're always looking for more staff to be like that eric and brie type uh figure for students like you but then together we're going to be praying for god to raise up students all around the country all around the world but what a powerful prayer that you guys can be already are praying and can continue praying god raise up students better than me bolder than me brighter than me but are we going to be passionate about reaching this high school for uh, decades to come uh, I, while you were talking, I was thinking about my wife's uncle, uh, and uh, he told me one day, he said that um, apparently his family can trace their spiritual heritage back to the 1600s. And there were these guys that in their family heritage back in the 1600s said, Lord, would you raise up in every generation somebody in our family lineage to be a full-time minister of the gospel? I mean, there's nothing more holy about being a pastor or a missionary, but also it's a high and noble calling. And they wanted to have, uh, they were, I think, in vocational ministry pastors or whatever it was, and they wanted to see that continue. And so they prayed, Lord, did you raise up somebody in our family lineage for, from every generation uh, to come? And so he said that one day he told his mom that he wanted to be a missionary, and he knew nothing about this prayer that his ancestors had been praying. And she said, oh, that's good. You just fulfilled the prayers of our ancestors because you're now the 10th generation, 10th generation uh, to be crazy. a pastor or missionary. And we didn't want to tell you because we don't want to like guilt trip you <laughs> into it. Uh, but I thought, what a powerful prayer. I mean, so you could pray that for your school. Would you raise up God every generation until Jesus returns? somebody yeah. to come and preach the gospel at our school. And wouldn't it be great to see what God does through that, huh? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, it's a wonderful thing to pray for. I think it's great to remember that it is God fully who works in us and that it is not our, our doing and, and that completely it's, it's, it's based on, on God's plan. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for that encouragement. Amen. Well, Jude, so, okay. On the opposite side of that, I guess just a, two last questions for you is what's kept you going all these years and has it been worth it? What is keeping me going completely, whether I have the drive for it or not, it's God. God is the thing that is, is driving me forward. He is the the moving force. Nothing that is good in me comes from me. It all comes from him. And so any boldness that I have, any courage, any um yeah, any any love for Christ is luckily emboldened all the more because of Christ. And and so uh yeah, I think in, encouragement is found uh, in in a, a hearty relationship with Him and and uh, and through the study of God's Word. Um, the people who who I have in my life are, are also awesome. Uh, my dad, my mom, uh, my church family, my pastor. It's uh, it, yeah, they they definitely are a huge encouragement uh, around every every step. Uh, and so yeah, yeah, I think it, I think it's great um, that that encouragement. I guess I would say. That's great. Well, Jude, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for your leadership, your example that you're setting to so many around the country. We're just thrilled to, to have you on. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, listen, check it out. Uh, make sure to follow us on your favorite uh, podcast app. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, like the episode. Uh, rate, review if you would. Share it with a friend. Uh, we need to help more students hear Jude's story so you can help get that story out to encourage and inspire more students with the ways that the Lord's grown Jude and work through him so they can be encouraged as well. You're not going to want to miss us uh, miss next week. Uh, we've got Joseph Golding to come share a special uh, spoken word rap performance that he's put together uh, called I Have Decided that he's already sharing and performing with students around the country. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, so we'll see you next week. <music>